There is nothing, absolutely nothing, like being able to serve yourself food when you need it. And that's what On Demand is about. You get to sit down at the Word of God when you can, when you're off work, when you have free time, and allow God to speak to you. So you're here with me today to have an On Demand journey. So join me today for a message that will unlock truth in your life and give you peace and blessing, I pray in Jesus' name. Enjoy today's message. We are uh, in a series uh, for the year. It's called Dreaming Again. Can you say it with me, please? Come on dreaming. First time that I've ever started a series this early. Normally I wait to the you know, beginning of the year, but I just couldn't wait. So, <laughs> so here we go. Uh, this is part two in the study. And uh, today we're talking about defining your dream. Can you sit up with me, please? Come on. Defining your dream. Now there is an updated set of notes that's on the, on the digital side. If you go to the uh, website uh, or click into your app, it should be uploaded as an as a, uh, updated version. And what I've done is I've added to the title a little bit, and I'm dividing the sermon into two parts. So the new title is called Defining Your Dream and Refusing to Retreat. Can you say it again? Come on. Defining Your Dream and Refusing to Retreat. Now, this was sparked in a, we had a concert the other night. Uh, it was really great. Uh, I thought Jonathan Reynolds was amazing. Was he not? Come on. Was he not amazing? He was really great. No, that's a sad hand clap for the brother. Wasn't he amazing? Come on. It was really phenomenal. It was really great. And um, part, of, part of what he, when he was singing and worshiping God, I, this thing came to me in the middle of it. It was like, and this was, this was a thought that came to me. Um, do you think I'm going to let you retreat? Do you, do you really believe that I'm going to let you just retreat? At 61, you do not think about advancing if you're not careful. Your only thought is retirement and retreating. I'm not against retirement, by the way. Be careful. I'm not saying if you are retired, you are retreating. I'm not saying that. Don't misread me, okay? I'm simply saying the temptation is to become a person who does not think about advancing anything. So I can live another 30 years, 40 years, and in, in, my, in those 30 or 40 years will be years of retreat. You're looking for one thing. Get the kids out of college, get them out of school, and then retreat. You just want to retreat, and you spend a lot of your life. And so the thought came to me in the, in, in the worship service and I, and I realized that there was something that I needed to dig out. So I'll give that to you in a bonus session. And there will be notes at the end of your notes. I'll come back and say these are five bonus things I want to say. And I'll give you a verse for them in Joshua chapter 1 in a little bit. But we'll do that later. But look with me. Let me kind of bring you up to date if you're just joining us for the first time. What I do is I try to answer one question a year. And that way my, my sermons are targeted. I'll change if I feel I need to, and I'll, I, sometimes I often do that. I'll drop in a special series, but at least I have a direction. You know, when you get in the car with a person, you like to know where you're going, right? right? <laughs> so at least I'm telling you where I'm planning on going. We may change directions, but at this point, we're going that way. And so the theme for the year, say it one more time, say dreaming again. Dreaming again. The reason I said that was because a lot of people stopped dreaming. There are four images that we, we put in the graphic that were profound. One was a picture of a little girl looking up in, at the sky, and she's dreaming, and she's thinking, and she's kind of like, you know, dreaming. Oh, and kids can do that so well. You know, it's nothing like asking a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? It's a great question. The way they glow and light up. Then there's a picture of a, of a guy. He's, you know, he's in my age bracket. He's just thinking, and he's in his 60s, he looks like, and he's just thinking, you know, kind of thinking about his life, dreaming. And then there's a guy looking out over a canyon, and he's just kind of looking, you know, out over the world. I love, love, love. Love, love outdoors. I do. I grew up camping, sleeping on the ground. Some of you military people call that feel, the feel. But, uh, but, but those of us who didn't get the honor of serving the military, we, we call it camping. And so we, we enjoy that outdoor feel. And, 
And, and that, I've gone to many sites like that where I was looking out over canyons, looking out over fields. I love the Grand Canyon. I love that whole feel and ambiance of the, 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 the amazing view. And then there is a, um, uh, a woman that's there. And uh, the woman is interesting. You know, she, women to me sometimes don't dream past their families. They don't dream about life other than their grandchildren, children, and they, they get lost and feel guilty if they have a dream outside of anybody but, you know, in, in, in outside, if they dream about themselves. They, they, they have to fight to have a personal dream. Now, I want to say something because I'm, I'm going to talk about this, and I didn't talk about this in any of the services, but I will talk about the fact that there are seasons in your life when that's okay. Sometimes the dream is your family, your kids. That's okay. You may not have a specific thing you want to do this outside of them for now. That's okay. It's nothing wrong with signing up for a company and saying, I'm totally committed to this company. My major dream is to help IBM, Apple, whoever you work for succeed. That's my dream. You could be in the grocery store business and you just want the store to succeed. You can, it's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do believe it needs to be something that you, uh, you've adopted. I want to do this. And it's my passion and my dream. The sad part is when you stop dreaming. When there's nothing in your mind that you want. And so the goal for the year is I want to show you how. So what I call the annual question, the one question for the year is, repeat it with me, please. Say, how do you dream again? That's what my goal is for the year. I want to show you how. It's all about how. And I showed you last week, I said, the first thing you do is manage your dream. You have to manage. Everybody starts out with kind of a dream of something, some kind. And I believe you don't really define it until you start trying something there is that jump in the water and i want to be and you come up with it on your own and and you don't necessarily need god to speak it to you i just hate when people tell me that tell me lord what should i be you know what do you want to be jesus asks questions what do you wish let's start with where you want to go because that's the that's the best route to begin the conversation god didn't not make you a robot he gave you a will the the problem was Moses had the right dream, but Moses didn't manage his dream well. In Exodus chapter 2, we talked about this last week, verse 11. We talked about how Moses looked and saw the burden of his brothers and decided to, to kill and attack an Egyptian and kill him. It was amazing. Okay, guy, you want, you, you, you want to fix the situation with your people. They're enslaved to the Egyptians. Okay, you are, you are a fortunate guy who didn't get caught up in slavery. You're free. You're, matter of fact, you're the son of Pharaoh. You're living in the palace. You got, you got advantage. But the way you want to fix this problem is wrong. So he had the right cause, but the wrong approach. Let me say it again. He had the right cause, but the wrong approach. Sometimes you can be right, but just do it wrong. You're right about the company. You're right about the way they work, but your attitude towards them is wrong. The way you go to work, the way you engage the conversation. You come off with the spirit of arrogance. And he killed this guy. And then it's amazing. He ends up running. And, and then it's not just that moment when he, that he mismanaged. And later on, we talked about how he, he didn't go in the promised land because of his temper. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 37. And also Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 23. So you have a guy in chapter 1 of Deuteronomy and chapter 3 who, is, who talks about how he couldn't go into the promised land because when he, when he came to this moment with Israel, there was a conversation they had about water and how they wanted water and they felt that God brought them out to desert to, to die and die of thirst and he got mad with them and started yelling and he hit a rock and started yelling and God said I didn't tell you to do that I told you to just talk to them I don't, you don't get to have temper tantrums in leadership sir 
And because he did, he's 100 plus years old and knew better, God says, you don't get to go into the promised land. You can't allow people to make you so mad you'll lose your blessing. Amen. You can. You have, to, you have to learn to manage your dream with maturity. Well, he lost his opportunity, but it's an amazing thing. God's grace and favor teaches us lessons through this experience. Now, let me close with, uh, not close, but move on to the next two things I talked about last week as well. Two things that can stop your dream. Repeat them with me, please. A disappointment and ignorance. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. When you get what you want, it feels great. And, and so God understands this how you're made. You know, I just don't pick on people when they want stuff. I think there's something good about letting people have, you know, what they want. I, I, I just, I love the book, um, The Millionaire, and, um, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I love the quote in there where he said, the, and if you don't know the story of the book, it's basically a guy, two kids. One has a dad who's a college professor. He calls the poor dad. <laughs> and the other guy is an entrepreneur he's in real estate right he's a rich dad and so these were two kids and and the kid who was the son of the of the poor dad which was a college professor guy he writes the book later on and he and he talks about how the dads thought so it's how the rich dad thought and how the poor dad thought and he compared the two in the book's great 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 book and um, one of the things that was powerful was he said, the, in the rich dad's house, you could never say, I couldn't afford it. You, just, you could say, I'll think about it. We'll get back to it. Because he said this, these words. He said, when you say, I can't afford it, you shut the brain down. You don't think anymore. We can't, we can't afford that. Money don't grow on trees. So all the kids go, okay, that's it. <laughs> Wipe the brain, no truck for me. I mean, <laughs> ever, never, no truck, never, never. Never get the truck ever, like in life, like in a hundred years. We can't get a truck. Why must we say, no, I can't afford Disney. Look, watch Mickey Mouse on TV. There you go, right there. <laughs> you know, you, know you, you, you just kill people's faith. You just, you know, you just, you just, you just, man. This has got nothing to do with this sermon. I probably shouldn't say it. Tell me to say it. Okay, good. I'll do it because you said it. Yeah. <laughs> I went, I went looked at the BMW, first time in my life, true. I went down to Christ Buick down here at Christ, and I'd never seen a price of a BMW in my life, never, ever in my life, honest to God. We caught the bus. I was a bus person. We had bus passes. So I never saw the price, and I went. It was a white BMW. I remember I walked over to Christ, and, I, you know, and see, when you want to, you know, you get this the dream moments. So I stopped in there, and I, and I went up to the, I went to the, to the windshield, and I looked at it. I think it said 64000 or $70,000, something like that. And I remember jumping backwards. No, for real, I did. I physically jumped backwards, you know. And I think, oh, my God, what fool would buy this car? Who in the world can afford it? That's what I thought. Well, they're, they're in business. Somebody's buying it. And in, in the middle of that, I thought, man, wow, can I dream that? Is that okay for me? Is that like ungodly or something? You know, it's like, okay, give all that money to the poor. Or you can ride the poor in it. Let me see. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, point is, it was, it was, and I told you it had nothing to do with the sermon, so don't blame me. You told me to say it, okay? <laughs> but, but there was something about the, 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 
my dreaming mechanism had limits. That there were things, and I'm not elevating that car. You don't have to ever like it. I'm just making a point that there, there are things that I struggled with in my life. Um, and I, I, I don't know that God wants me to be controlled by that. There are a lot of people who believe I can't be a Christian. They're disappointed in the whole Christian experience because it has so many limits. And, and it makes them sick. That's why I think some people don't go to church. I think there's a, 80% don't go now. Yeah. You, you're, you know, then there's 81, two, it's close to 100. Church attendance is down everywhere. There are, there are competing philosophical views that have infected the minds of people in ways that have made Christianity, the Bible, all that just absolutely, and I use the word infected, I'm sorry if it's not, I'm not being offensive here, I'm trying to, because if you don't agree, I'm not trying to say you're like a disease, I'm not trying to help me just work through this, I'm, I'm just simply saying people have changed their minds. And sometimes I think there's a weight of disappointments, and the Bible said that hope deferred, you go to church, you, you try to, you know, you try, but then you get disappointed and you, you get sick. But when you find the answer, when you, when you find it, you feel better and, and, and it does great things for you. So sometimes I, I believe that, and allow me to take a quick detour here, that some of the problem with church and preachers and Christians is we've, we've disappointed people. They don't believe they can be with you and have a dream. Be, they, not, they believe that you want all their money. They believe that you, they, somehow you've communicated that you're not consistent, you're inconsiderate of their time, you know, they, they come to church, they don't know, they don't know when they're going to get out, it's like, like jail, when you get out, you never want to go back, you know, <laughs> because this is going to be a long talk, boy, good God Almighty, and I'm not going to know what he's saying, I got to fake it, everybody say disappointment, the second thing is ignorance, second thing, they can, they can stop your dream, Hosea 4 and 6 says this, my people are destroyed, strong word, destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you from being priests, he says. Because you've forgotten the law of God, your God, I will also forget your children. Notice it becomes generational. The problem, your ignorance goes not just to you, but it goes all the way to your children. It's all about admitting that maybe I just don't know the right thing. Your dream can be hindered because of disappointment and because of ignorance. You just don't know enough. You're 20 books away from knowing what you need to know to get to where you want to be. And you won't read a book. You won't even Google it. You just don't want to know how to be a better wife, how to be a better husband, how to be a better guy, how to be a good boyfriend. You just can't be faithful, can you, no? It's always eeny, meeny, miny, mo. There I go with all the ones I see. <laughs> you just can't land anywhere. You don't know how because no one around you has ever been a good example for you. How, how in the world does that look to you? And that brings me to my question for today. Remember, question for the year, question for today. When you look into the mirror, who do you dream to see? Do you want to see that inconsistent person who doesn't have enough knowledge, who lives in disappointment? Is that what you want to see? 
or who do you want to see? When you look in the mirror of your life, who do you want to see? Now, I'm going to give you, if I can, four answers to that. But before I do, let me just say this. This sermon sparked something in me, a reality. You know, I always had what I would call a, um, (laughs) I guess, um, I don't know. I had ideas of what I wanted, but I wasn't really sure. But I sat down and I wrote down four things that I thought were just really honest for this question. When I look in the mirror, here's what I want to be. I want to, first of all, look good. Now, that may sound vain to you, but it's okay. But I don't want to look bad. I want to say, all right, dude. You combed your hair. You did, you did best you could today. Nobody wants to feel bad about themselves. That's an honest thing. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. Second thing is I want to look like a believer. Now, for me, when I look in the mirror of my dream, my life, when I dream, my, I, I want to say he's a believer in Christ. His life says that. His lifestyle says it. His words, his attitudes, his responses. He brings us the, the presence of Christ to whatever he does. Thirdly, I, I want to, watch this now, I want to look like success. I do. I don't know if that bothers you. I don't know what you mean success. I, I don't know. I know for me, I know what it means for me. So I, and I'm talking about me, not you. When I look in my mirror, whose mirror am I talking about? Thank you. Get to get it right. Your pronoun, right? You're my mirror, my mirror. Whose mirror should you be concerned about? Can you say it loud, please? Whose mirror? Thank you. Your mirror, my mirror, right? Everybody's got their own mirror. Who do you want to be when you look in the mirror of your life? Who do you want to see? I want to see a guy whose number looks good, who's a believer, and who has, who's successful. Now, my wife teases me all the time because I have my little line I give all the time. I call it my success route. So I get up in the morning, get fully dressed. She laughs, get fully dressed. I mean, let me talk about like tie and a whole bit. Totally, completely dressed. She's in the bed, she's leaving, like, okay. So I go, I say, but I'm leaving. I'm going on my success route. And then she says this little sad response, which I hope she stops after today. She says, okay, okay, you're going to the cleaners. <laughs> you're, going, you're going to get some breakfast, and you're going to get a haircut, and you're going to wash your car. Okay, have success. Go for it. Don't say it like that. Say it with respect. It's my route. Now, you may think that's petty. You may say, you mean to tell me that's what you th- Yeah. Clean car, man. Are you kidding? Nothing like it. Come on. You know what I'm telling you? Especially, I have a black car. Man, what? Go wash it again. You know, it's just, I like it. I mean, I, re- I mean, I really do. In and out. I want it to look like brand new. I love it. I love it. I love clean trunk and everyone all clean. You know, and I, I watch them clean it, too. I watch them. Hey, right there, right there. Get that spot right there. So when they see me coming, they know what's going to happen. They just go, hey, okay, get that spot. He's going to get You know, there's something about saying I'm successful in my opinion. For me, there's something about that. And then I want to look good to others. Okay, now you're really vain. Okay, so I'm not supposed to care what people think. I'm not saying I let it control me, but I mean, it's important that when I come up here, you don't go, that old match, what are you wearing today? Why, God, what is that color you got on? And if I walk up here in, in, in high water pants and you go, well, that's a hard sermon to hear. <laughs> is Noah coming back or what? Is he, there's a flood? I mean, look at his pants. It's, it's, wow. You know, and after a while, it's kind of hard and blinding to watch me. It's like, good God, he looks awful. You know, I have been places... And I thought, did you, did you iron that today? Did you look at that? In my head, but I didn't say it out loud. But, you know, I don't want to be that brother. I, I have in my mind 
what I want to be. And this is for me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about for me. And this is important for me. And some of you need to come to this place where you get that. And that, to me, is really a crucial crossing. Now, coming up in our studies, I want to give you a little kind of preview of what I'm, where we're going to be going in the next few weeks. There's a lot of things we're going to talk about. And there are two sets of dreams that we should consider in our study. Two sets, okay? Say spiritual dreams and practical dreams. Now, what you're going to find fascinating is there are like five of these things that are what I think topics we need to, discuss, to kind of work through. On the spiritual side, I think we need to talk about our routines. Here's a question. Do your routines, do your routines say your dream, you dream of a relationship with God? If I looked at your daily schedule, does it say, and I'm trying to get closer to God, does it say you don't care? So if you're dating somebody, right, and you only call them once a month when you wanted to ride, right? But you're trying to build a relationship. Really? You're trying to build a relationship and you are, like, not calling? I haven't seen you all month. And now your car broke down, so now you need a ride. Hey, girlfriend, what? Click. <laughs> what? You hadn't called me, dude. Or what is this? I mean, woman of God, you, you don't call me until you need something. You know, that, that, you, you don't dream of a relationship if you're not investing in it. Number two, you, we need to talk about our, our support system, our spiritual support system. Do you have people that help you dream of growing spiritually? The people around you, do they support a spiritual growth in your life or do they push it down? Do they encourage you or do they discourage you? Thirdly, we'll talk about that later, our, our spiritual investments. Do you, you dream of investing more time in your spiritual growth? Do you say to yourself, man, I need to spend more time with, you know, in the Word or I need to spend more time growing? I need to, you know, do you have that as part of your dream? Do you, do you work on investing more time? Or do you follow the crowd of this, this culture for, oh, God, it's amazing to say this, to five hours of television a day? Not including your own phone time. I mean, you, you, you don't spend any time, you don't invest any time in your spiritual life. This is a treat. Once a month, maybe you drop in, hey, God, and then you go home. You don't read the Bible, you don't, you don't, you don't do any of that. You're not, trying to, you're not trying to invest. So what does that say to God? What does that say to you when someone wants to be in a relationship and they never have time for you? I make a commitment. I've made a commitment. I mean this. I don't allow myself to be too busy for the things that are important to me. Dying's a priority. That's why she gets a day a week. Well, I can't do that. I understand. You do what you do. I do what I do. You invest where you want to invest, I invest where I want to invest. Maybe that's why I'm married 39 years and I ain't thought about divorce yet. Maybe that's why. Because it's an investment. It's an investment. And now my commitment is to you. I'm, I'm not just all over the world. No, I'm, I'm travel, but very restrained, especially in the coming year or two, because I'm trying to do something. We got goals to accomplish here. I have to train leaders here. I have to build this church. I can't just go build other people's churches. And so I have to, my, my, you should see it with my presence. The staff should see it. There's a sense of investment. And if you're not willing to invest, forget it. If all your time is tied up in watching millionaires on TV and you're a hundredaire, <laughs> just, just want to point this out to you. They are all actors. Nothing wrong with that. I love theater. I go to New York. I mean, I'm telling you, I love all this. I, I mean, I like it. I love it. Movies. I grew up in L.A. Hollywood. Okay. I, I was there. Like it. 
have a lot of celebrity people, friends, people. I know who cares who I know. But that's what I'm saying. I and they're millionaires, hundredaire, and you're sitting there watching people pretend. The better they pretend. Repeat with me, please. Come on, say the better they pretend, the more they make. And you're sitting there saying, I gotta believe they did that. I gotta see the next show. And you're broke. I, <laughs> I need to check my investments. We'll come back to that in another study. Then we need to talk about our spiritual struggles. Do you dream of letting go of things that hinder your growth? Lay aside the thing that so easily besets you. What is the thing that besets you? What is the thing that pushes you off? What is the thing? What is the thing? What have you just accepted? I'm just, I'm just sexually addicted. I can't help myself. Hold on. You, you survived that statement. You know, I'm just, I can't help my, everybody I see. Any, meeny, money, mo. I want everybody. There we go. You know, everybody, you just can't stop yourself. There's this outrageous, out of control life you live. And you're not willing to say, that's my struggle. And I need to deal with that. A good person I love said to me, he's a good person, a good guy, but he said to me, he said, Pastor Rick, look, I just gave in to that struggle. I'm not going to try, fight it off anymore. Everybody's going to have a weakness, that's mine. So he just sleeps around every now and then. You know, get strong, sleep around, get strong, up and down, here we go, where we go. No, you just, no control. Nobody, you, know, you just, you've accepted whatever it is. It's not just in that area of your life. I don't know what area it is in your life. Fill in the blanks. I'm not trying to pick on anybody's weakness. I am not mocking anybody. I'm making a statement. Are you interested in fighting spiritually You're the thing that wants to pull you down? Do you dream of being free? For real. I need to move on. Number, number four, number five, brother. When you talk about our spiritual impact, do you dream of inspiring others to grow spiritually? Do you want to, do you want to like, be an inspiration to people? Is that a goal of yours? I want to make sure that I inspire people to be better. I want to be a positive influence in the world. I don't want to be the person leading people to drugs. I want to lead you away from drugs. I don't want to be the person who tempts you to get high and act foolish. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person that pulls people into the wrong direction. I want to have a positive impact. There's enough pastors who've messed up. I don't need to be in your, in your list. I don't need to be on your list. I need to be a safe guy. That's my dream. And I look in my mirror. Those are the spiritual dreams we'll talk about in the coming months. But I also want to talk about practical dreams. Um, <laughs> you know, I developed a, what I call a just-in-case-I-die plan. I was good at that. Insurance, um, all that kind of stuff. I've always been that kind of guy, you know, big on thinking about in case something happens to me. Have a will, all that good stuff, right? But I didn't have a, what I call just-in-case-I-live plan. What if I don't die? <laughs> Did I save enough money? Because that's what's really, when you get to my age, 61, you start going, oh, God, I didn't die. Wait a minute. Hold oh, still here. You know, because you're supposed to be dying like close to 65. That, you know, really, when they said 65 is a retirement age, people, the average age was like 50-something when people died. They wanted you to make sure <laughs> that you didn't live to get the money. You know what I mean? Really, I'm serious. And so what they've done now is they moved the age up. Like, oh, no, nah, y'all living too long. We got to move this age up. Make sure you die fast. You don't plan to give you this money. You just set it aside for us. But, but, you know, there's this incredible thing that I realized I'm going to live. So here you are living, and guess what you're not doing? Dreaming. Because you're shocked. And so let me give you, if I can, you ready? I'm going to give you a list of things to think about. Ready? Five, five things. Ready? Here are things that you need to think about that are practical dreams you need to think about. I'm just going to list them, and you repeat them after me. Say, our future, our finances, our fitness. Our family, our focus. 
believe it or not, that's a, that's a, those are series I'm going to talk about, but I want, and, and they're in order of priority to me. The first thing that's important practically for me is my dreams. Not yours, me. Not Diane, no, Ricky, Ricardo Temple, this guy. What's his dream? What does he want out of life? Let me tell you, if you get with people who really have a sense of what they want, they're better to deal with. They're easier. It's the frustrated people. I don't know what I want to do in my life. They grumpy all the time. I always got something to listen. Hey, let's pause for a second. Let's get you online. Let's get you straight. Our dreams. And secondly, our finances. You got to think about your money. Okay. Okay. See, this is, now this series is going to surprise you because when I, when I talk about this, I'm not going to talk about it from the standpoint, even though I believe in tithing, I believe in giving, I believe that honoring God first is the best way, best plan. I, I get all that, you know, but people misunderstand you. They think you're trying to bribe them out of money and stuff. It's like, okay, forget all that. I'm not trying to do that, but let's just talk about money. I want to just talk about our finances. We don't always have a clear view about finances, so I want to take you kind of in the back door. Give you an example. Churches. Let's talk about church finance, church money for a second. The, the average church, and I'm going to give you a formula. Ready? This is called a finance report for all churches. You ready? You can write this down. I'm going to give you one finance report. It's pretty much going to be true across the board. Ready? Okay. Most churches, whether they have 100000 or a $1 million, 45 to 50% of their income goes to staffing itself. So let's switch the gears. Ready? I'm going to hire you, okay? If I want to hire you, church, $100,000, I want you to be the pastor. Let's talk about what, what I've got to pay you to get you to be full-time. So you can come up in here, have all these sermons ready, have all the building clean, everything set. So when you come in here, hear the word, it's all set. So that's got to be a full-time gig. So how much do I have to pay? Let's start at $10,000, $10,000, $10,000 a year. Uh, anybody applying for that job yet? $10,000? Full-time. That's benefits included. All right, ready? Uh, <laughs> so you said, no, that's the cost of the benefits, right? <laughs> right? Okay, let's bid up higher. $15,000, $15,000. Pass the full-time job. Anybody? Fifteen? Uh, twenty. $20,000. Why? Y'all ain't raised your hand yet? You go just... These high rollers in here, they want a lot of money, all right? See, notice it runs about 40 to 45%, sometimes 50%, depending upon what you're paying. Now, here's how you can measure it. If you're going to pay everybody uh, kind of like tight salaries, and so you, you're gonna, but if you're going to give them 401K, right, if you're going to give them full health benefits, uh, if you're going to cover their medical costs, and if you're going to cover their family, right, okay? If you're going to do all that, then it ain't going to be cheap. It's going to be around 45 to 50%. So the average church spends about 45% of its income. Let's, do, let's let that be the number, up to 50, depending upon what they do. We just gave our staff a really cool benefit, the full-time people. We gave them, uh, and I hope you get this if you don't have it, we gave them disability coverage, short-term and long-term for free, part of their package. Come on, isn't that cool? Isn't that a good deal? That's right. We matched their 401ks up to 4%. I want to see it go to 8%. Uh, I, we got a high, uh, good, uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff I can say, but good, 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 good package because our goal is to keep people, good people. And, and here's, my, here's my long-term, ready? Watch this. Higher salaries, fewer staff, better technology, and um, what's the last one? Higher staff, better technology. What did I say? Say it again. Say, higher, say fewer staff, better salaries, better benefits. And better technology. So you get really gifted people, give them the right tools they need, and, and, and support them. So you don't need a ton of people. You need enough people. Can we say enough people? You need enough people to get it done. But that's the, that's the average. So let's keep going because you got 45 to 50%. Now, the next big expense is going to be the buildings, the properties, and that's about 30% of your income. So it's going to cost you, now think about your house for a second. It's about 25%, 20 25%, sometimes 30% of your income goes to a house or a mortgage. Now, for us as a church, it's 10%, okay? Now, here's the deal. 
the, the goal is to find a way to get the mortgage costs down so you don't have that high mortgage costs. So let's, let's keep it at 30% because that's the average. So 45%, 55, 65, 75. So 75% of your income, that's 75 cents out of every dollar, is going to be spent on those two items. And you got 25 cents left to do missions, outreach, blah, 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 and fix stuff. Are you tracking with me? That's why churches sell chicken. <laughs> That's why they do it. That, now, whether the budget is a million. So the goal is to bar- bargain down that mortgage part, like we did, to 10%, so you then can afford a better staff and the technology and all the little jazzy stuff you see. That's where that, free, that's where that comes from. But, but that's why you have to fund special things out of special funds, like missions and all those things. That's why you say, listen, I'm out of missions, trying to go over and help these people, and everybody jump in and help you do it, okay? That's, so that's a church budget. Now, now you, can, you can just look at that, and that's going to be it. I can get charts, graphs. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I do this for a living. I'm telling you those are the numbers, just about. And, and so if you understand the financial principles around your life, how a family is funded, and you understand how to manage your resources, you're going to be better long-term. The goal is to have us be a healthy financial organization that builds endowments and long-term resources so we can continue to touch the world. If I did good and you got me, say amen. Amen. Come on, amen. You got it? All right, good. So that's it. Here we go. So our say our future. Come on, join me. Say our future. Our finances, our fitness. I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna talk about health. Let me tell you, it's a sin. It's a sin. It's a sin to not take care of yourself. It's wrong. You know, in the name of being busy, I don't, you're too busy. I don't care what you're doing. You're wrong. Because here's what you need. You don't need to do. You, you wait. You're too busy. You're running around. You're doing this. You're doing that. And oh, oh there it go. Oh, there it go. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Now see, you calling on Jesus. Jesus, don't call me. How you gonna call me? And you ain't. You're not even trying. You call me, and when you say, when you get older, listen to me, everything hurts. The left hip, the right hip, every, that's wrong, left hip, right hip, everything. So you get confused. I don't even know what hip you're pointing to. Everything hurts, and if, you don't, if I don't work out, my back hurts, my leg hurts, I reach for stuff, it hurts. You twist wrong, it hurts. Your lips hurt, everything hurts. And it's a sin. You, you're talking about somebody, you need to stop smoking. You need to walk. He drank too much. You sleep too much. You don't sleep enough. I mean, you up all night watching all the late movies, all the love movies. You watching all of the two in the morning. You know you're tired. Next morning, you're cranky. You drink five cups of coffee every hour. Stay awake. <laughs> Sugar running all through your body. You're just <laughs> eating junk all the time. Then you pray over it. Father, bless this right now. <laughs> what do you think God said? Oh, I'm going to bless them chips. I'm going to bless all that junk you eat. No, he's not. He can't bless that. It's junk. It's always junk. It's okay, a little bit of junk. I'm not saying it's bad. I had a milkshake last night. It's fabulous. Oh, God. <laughs> Dad didn't even say that. You didn't say that. You saw it, didn't you, Dad? You didn't say that. She's just quiet. So look at him. He, he cheated. He having fun tonight. Man, I, I, I wasn't going to get it either. I rolled up in the window, and I said, can I get a milkshake? I just told her, give me a milkshake now. I want to shake today, baby. I'm going to eat this today. I mean, it's, I'm not saying you can't have fun, but some of you, you are too, you're, over the, you're over the top. Come on, say our fitness, our, fitness. our, family, our family, our focus. Our focus. <laughs> the family is number four on the list on purpose 
Because if I don't know what my future is, and if I'm not clear about my personal finances, if I'm not comfortable in my own resources and my sense of prosperity, and if I'm not fit, and what does the family get but leftover crumbs? A broken up, scratched up guy. I mean, I don't, I, why are you, what are you doing? What are you doing to yourself? You know, you, look at your nails. Come on, look at them. Come on, what? Your hair. What? 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 What is this? Why are we letting ourselves go? Why are we not even trying? And your family is trying to manage your, because now you're all uptight. And you're just, you know, give me a break. You know, it's, come on, stop. Yesterday I was trying to do some work, right? And it was, my brain wasn't working. And I just go to sleep, Temple, just go sleep. Go sleep. When you get home to dine, you don't have to be this cranky dude. Always upset. It's not the devil. That's a cop-out. Everything wrong with you. It's the devil. I buy the devil. No, it's you. <laughs> you. You are taking care of yourself. You. It's all that sugar running around in you. It's just it's you. You, cranky, no sleep. You, 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 you. Say me. me. See, you can't even say it. Every man you date, same thing. He don't like it. Every man. Is it every man? Everybody? Everybody? Every church you go to, you met with every church. <laughs> You'll be mad with me soon. Every church. You just... At some point, you have to stop and say, this could be me. Let me fix me, and my family gets a better deal. Then I can work on my family, and then I can work on staying focused. I need to be focused. I'm not running around. Then I got to end. Ready? Okay, I'm done. Five things. I'm serious. Real quick. Bonus. Having said all that, so you know where we're going in coming studies, right? Now, I, I, I want to just read five, make five statements to you that, that, that just help me. Because once you, once you set in your mind, okay, I'm focused, I'm clear, there are five things you, you want to you you make sure you keep in mind. And, and it's one under one big statement. You ready? You must decide, once you're focused, that I refuse to retreat. When I was in church the other day, as I said, I was in worship the, the other day, came to me, Ricky Temple, do you think, do you think that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you retreat? Do you think I'm, I'm going to let you stop dreaming now? Because that's, that's I'm telling you, that's the temptation. Don't want to build no new buildings. Don't want to do anything. Don't want to do anything. Why? Put myself through the stress. Just this, this coast. Get a casket, put it up beside me, just... Just test out every now and then. Yeah, that feel good. I'd be in there. Wow. Just, just that, 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 that's, that's what you're doing. But there are five things that he said to Joshua in chapter 1 that were amazing. The first thing he said is, repeat it with me, please. Say, don't retreat, don't retreat. Because, of your lo- because you lost your Moses. Say it again. Say, don't retreat, don't retreat. because you lost your Moses. You don't want to retreat because you lost your Moses. Here's what he said. After the death of Moses, Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead now. Therefore, arise and go over this Jordan. Moses is gone. Your Moses is gone. If you're not careful, what happens to you with loss is it becomes the place you stop dreaming. When my mother died, it was two of us. Now it's one. That's where it ends dream right there. I don't, know, I don't know where it is for you. And you spend your life just dwelling on that. So here's what I want you to do when I die. You ready? I want you to get a big picture of me and a candle. 
And on my birthday, April 26th and December 17th, when I became the pastor of this church, those two dates, I want you to, I want you to rock and say, Ricky, Ricardo, Ricky. Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> and some of you say, I am not doing that, reverend man, whatever you are. That's crazy. Well, why are you doing it? Well, I mean, I want you to, I mean, I want you to say, when I'm gone, I want you to go, yay, I don't, I don't want you to do that. Don't, don't clap. Oh, he's gone. Glad. I'm glad he gone. Don't do that. Now, okay, I'll come back if you do. Don't do that. But, but <laughs> I can't come back. But you, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, but I'm saying if you're allowing loss to drown you and you're spending all of your emotions, I know you care. They were important to you. Your Moses is dead now, Joshua. You need to arise Bring honor to them, to them. It was awful. Okay, it's awful. I agree. Okay, make it was horrible. I get that. That's not what they want you to do. And if they did, it's wrong. I want you, I want you to love me. But I do not want you to build some monument to me. And I do not, I do not want you to spend your life bowing to some candle on my birthday or special days. I do not. And if, you know, I told you when I died, look, I told everybody, you, you didn't, you know, we, I tried to talk it out. You, I told you guys, I wanted to sit up in the casket and I wanted to look like this. And, and everybody said no. Did that still stand? Okay, see, I told you. So I said, I'm not even coming to my own funeral. <laughs> I told, I mean that. Don't bring me. Don't bring me. I bring a picture, and I'm smiling. That's it. I, I mean, I, I'm not kidding. I'm serious. I really believe there's something about a healthy. I, look, I deal with this two or three times a week, and I see people do well, and I see people not do well, and all I can do is get on the boat and ride with them. Each family's different. And I've decided that what I when I look in the mirror, what I want to be. I've decided that I don't want to be drowning with my Moses. That's not what God gave you a Moses. It's not what your da- daddy wants, your grandmama wants, or nobody else. And I'm telling you, it'll drown you. It will, it will weigh you down. And people will not know what that smell is, but you will carry it with you. And every relationship... Every job, that edge will be there. And it's not fair to you. Forget everybody else. Get out, get out of the casket. Stop, stop going in and out of the casket. And dream again. Here's the second thing. Ready? Don't retreat and become inactive. Say that with me, please. Come on. Don't retreat and become inactive. Say it again. Come on. Don't retreat and become inactive. You are inactive. Here's what he told him. He said, every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give you. Joshua 1 and 3. I'm only going to give you where you walk. You don't walk, you don't get anything. You don't go back to school, you don't graduate. You don't try to improve your life, you don't improve your life. Every place the sole of your foot walks. I am concerned about me. I I am, no, I mean this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned because I see, I started studying aging uh, 10 years ago, and I noticed how my brain is switching. You don't want to walk anywhere. 
I'm too tired. I'm too old. Stop all that. Stop saying all that. Start, start think, don't retreat and become inactive. Thirdly, don't retreat because of a fear of conflict. Here's what he said in Joshua chapter uh, 1, verse 5. No man, I love this, shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. I love to say it with me, please. I will not leave you nor forsake you. You, You're afraid of conflict? God says, I'll be with you. Stop being afraid of a fight. I want, here's what I want. I want God to just give me everything easy. Please just give me all the money I need. Give me all the people I need. Give me all the facilities I need. Just make it easy. I just wave my hand and there it all is. It's not like that. Conflict is a part of it. Challenge is a part of it. Getting in the ring and fighting. Fighting yourself. The biggest fight with me is up here and it's me. Temple, stop all that. You will not think that today. You will not allow yourself to be driven by fear. You will not, sir. You will not. Preach your message. You're fine. If you mess up, tell them you messed up and try it again. Do not become consumed with this fear of conflict, fear of dealing with people, losing friends. You're allowing stuff to go on in your life you need to deal with in a nice way, as nice as you can, but that can't continue. No, you can't do that. Then number four, repeat with me, please. Say, don't retreat and become weak. I love chapter one, verse six of Joshua. He says this statement, two statements he says in chapter one, verse six, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance of the land, but you got to be strong. Verse 7, only be strong. Only. Look at me. Let me tell you. That is not God's responsibility. It is yours. If you assume that God is the one who is responsible to make you strong, you will be weak all of your life. That's like going to the gym and looking at the equipment. Man, all right, there you go. Nothing's going to happen. You decide. When you look in the mirror of your life, you decide. I'm not talking that way, thinking that way, acting that way. I am not. I choose to be strong. And number five, and I'm done, don't retreat. Come on, say with me, please. Say, don't retreat. retreat. Stand strong strong. and make your way prosperous. Here's what he says, and I'm going to just jump in the middle of the verses. This is verse 8 of chapter 1 of Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night and uh, observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous. Now, I want you to hear this for a second. <laughs> He's not going to make you prosperous, not without you being involved. You make your way prosperous. Every family makes this decision. Will the temples be prosperous? Will the smiths be prosperous? Will the, whatever your name is, will they be? So what's your name? One, two, three. This is a big drill. What is your name? Okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. Okay, because I'm trying to dismiss church. I need you to help me out. Would you please say your name? One, two, three. Will they be prosperous? That's the question. It's not my job. It's not my, I don't answer that. You do. Are you willing to dream again? Are you willing to try? Are you willing to ask yourself, when I look in the mirror, what do I dream to be? Who do I see? Stand on your feet. Let's go home. Father, today, we submit our dreams to you. Today, we acknowledge that what we've heard is for us individually. It is a message designed 
to make us think about where we are. Oh, my goodness. Help us to be honest about the way we have mismanaged our dream in the past. Sometimes our temperament got in the way. Sometimes our ignorance got in the way. We became discouraged, lost hope. But now we come back to you again saying we want to dream again about our future, our finances, our fitness, our family. We want to be more focused. We have spiritual dreams about improving our investment in our time with you. This is, oh God, the beginning of a new journey for me, for us. And so we leave today trusting that what we've talked about will last in our souls for the coming year. And as a church, we will jump out into these conversations and you will build us to a new level of strength. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you simply say, Pastor, after hearing you today, I want you to pray for me about one thing, my walk with God. You made me think about it. I am not making the investment. If God were looking at my effort, he would say I'm not interested in him. It's sad when God looks at you and says, you're not into me, are you? You don't desire, you don't dream of growing with me. But if you want to change that today, if you want me to pray for you, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me, would you? I see one, I see two, I see ten, I see fifteen plus. Touch, oh God, every hand lifted, every heart lifted, both here and at home. And may this be, as we all lift our hands together, may this be the moment we surrender to you, Jesus, and say, be the Lord of my life. Give me guidance. Give me grace. Give me favor. In Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. I want to show you something. In your seat back pocket, there are two things I want you to consider. Well, I pray you enjoyed today's message. I pray that it lifted you up. You know, the Bible said the word of God can go down to the very marrow of the bone. It can reach into the very deep parts of your soul. And I hope you were blessed today. If you like the message, it helped you. Link it and send it to a friend. I really appreciate you being with us today. And I pray that God will use this word to bless you and many others. You have a blessed day. God bless.